Hey, did you know that Alec played football? Did you know that Darian used to play clarinet? Grant played tuba, Noah played trumpet. But did you know that Clarence be playing with people's hearts? Okay, that was a burn. But thanks for pressing play on this episode. From the Casually Spiritual Network, this is the Momentum Pod. Right, we are back in the saddle for, I wonder if this will be the March or April episode, I'm not quite sure, but I am your host, Alex Angapai, joining me today all the way here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but on the other side of town, we have Darian McClendon. Uh, good morning, Salisaw, Oklahoma. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For all of everybody that knows, behind the scenes, you know, like we recorded, Darian took a five second pause that hopefully was edited out because he couldn't think of a city. Are you kidding me? I thought it froze. So, oh man. Calling all the way, I don't know why I said calling, calling all the way from Fort Smith, Arkansas, we have Clarence Simpson. What's good? And from the other side of Tulsa, Oklahoma, right back, we have Noah Shock. Yeah, it's your boy. Noah, I, like I, hate that one. I hate him so <laughs> much. And down the hallway, actually not even down the hallway, eh, I love him, uh, down the hallway, across the hallway, in the other room, I have my roommate and best friend, Grant Geisbauer. Hey, how's it going? You know, it's weird. Grant's the only <laughs> one that I actually give like a title to, <laughs> and I like that, so he belongs to that, but... All right, guys, so after some deliberation, after some talking, we kind of decided, you know, we're going to try this. We're going to try to get two a month out to everybody. Don't know if it's going to come to this March, to an April, but either way, we're going to get y'all more content, more Momentum Pod, and so please, if we ever get this merch launch, please buy it so that way these guys can justify their time and one day I can pay them for it. Right, guys? Yes. Yes, sir. I'm already being paid. Oh. Double the content, double the fun. You, yo, yo. We need we need double the funds for that, am I right? Agreed. Hey. So, I'm not yeah, in it for the money. I'm not in it for the money. Well, you could be. It's fine. Whoever buys um, the first t-shirt gets to be on the next Momentum Pod episode. That's not true at all. You will get a shout-out. 100% true. Yo, no. yes. We'll pay for you to get your... <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not a producer. Not all a producer. merch is you can write it off on your taxes. That's not true. All We're a 501c3 <laughs> committing tax fraud. Um, okay. Cash app, Darian McClendon. Okay, we're doing an actual thing. All right, we are going to have more streamlined episodes. We're going to have more content for you. We're going to make this better. We realize doing two a month, but recording in advance. Fun fact, we don't record these and put them out the next day. We have editing, da 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 and we have lives. So kind of the new cycle thing may not be a move, but we are going to try to have more streamlined content for you, so stick around for that. So on today's episode, I feel like debating i feel like having some discussions the first one you know i want to talk about who's the goat if you don't understand what i say when i you know what i say that it means the greatest of all time for example (laughs) the greatest basketball player of all time we all know is lebron james jimmy butler (laughs) you already know that that is highly contested and not true but because first of all is it your jordan year or your lebron year my Jimmy it was Butler. my LeBron year. I actually said that, though. That doesn't make it right. Oof. It's his Kobe but, year now. Rest but it piece. was. No, oh, wait. No. Honestly, though. Kobe year was last year. Oh. That's How old are you? True. 
Allen Iverson. Everyone but Darian is 25. Oh, that's awkward. Grant, why is Allen Iverson the GOAT? <laughs> Michael <laughs> Jordan is the GOAT. Literally, Allen when Iverson you think of GOAT, goat you think of Michael Jordan. I like LeBron James. There is literally nothing to debate. He is the GOAT. He embodies GOAT. It's stats. Blah, the blah, GOAT blah. mentality. Like, how much have you watched Michael Jordan, but you but you can watch LeBron James now and see Michael Jordan. Look, I'm not denying LeBron James <laughs> might be the most talented of all time, but he is hmm. not the greatest of all time. The same thing I'd say about Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What are, what are you talking about? If you look at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and their stat lines, Aaron Rodgers is a more talented quarterback. However, Tom Brady has more Super Bowl rings and – arguably has had more uh clutch wins let so, me debate let me debate my turn what do you know about football clarence both of them are equal but they're nothing in comparison to my boy patrick mahomes shout out amen brother yes amen. sir amen nation chiefs nation that man Wait, noah can you tell me another player on the chiefs yet this is completely irrelevant patrick mahomes is the <laughs> goat number two that man i've seen him play basketball on that one video a long time ago that man can break ankles too Yes, sir. That's my father, bruh. In the uh, Super Patrick Bowl, Mahomes he literally threw a football for the goat, but he did just sideways. lose to Tom Brady. Irrelevant. What? Tom Brady <laughs> killed Aaron Rodgers, so, I mean, that's all a moot point at this point. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. And, okay, so we, you want to bring in the talent, you want to bring in, like, the stats and stuff like that. Hold on. Darian how, do you, how, Darian, how do you define GOAT? What would you say GOAT means, other than greatest of all time? How would you decide that? Um, well, if I drive down 101st far enough, there's this little farm on the side of the road, and there's a goat named Cletus. <laughs> Cletus! I hate this guy so <laughs> That's much. what I think about whenever I hear a goat. Uh, no, when I think about goat, I mean, there's really not a clear definition, but one thing that does come to my mind is Allen Iverson. Allen you know Iverson. The man changed basketball forever. In what ways? Like, he, one, he was good, right? He's Uh the best player to never win a ring. But he also made it to where basketball players could be themselves. He was the first one that had, like, tatted up. He was the first one with cornrows. He was the first one that wore his pants basically around his knees and still was getting buckets. Um, So before that, you know, everybody looked like Tim Duncan. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Allen Iverson brought swag to the game. And that's something that Jordan didn't do. But if, Jordan just brought that bald head and that big old <laughs> tongue. That's it. But he really put like he really put basketball. I'll 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 give this a grant. Like he put basketball like on a global international scale. Everybody knew who Michael Jordan was, Michael, and that's why like Michael is a more common name even now. Like I think a study showed that like when Michael Jordan started getting more famous is when Michael started becoming like a popular name. I I disagree. But I think Allen Iverson made Reebok relevant. Who else did? Where that? is it now? Wait, Jordan has his own brand. CrossFit. Yeah, but it's Nike. No, I'm saying, but Jordan got Nike. Allen Iverson took Reebok mainstream. You can't take Reebok mainstream. Jordan can take Reebok mainstream. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but Mike, Nike chose Jordan because they know he would sell but, but, the most. Dang. <laughs> they they all chose Jordan, to be fair. Um, but That's fair. I watch LeBron play, and I love him. Clarence, what were you trying to say? I forgot. Okay, what? what? <laughs> That's Clarence in a nutshell, everybody. I love um, triscuits because they're delicious. They are, bro. They, what? Okay. They are. What about outside of sports, Darren? Do you have like a goat actor? Would you put like any of your like goat actors up there? 
Yeah, Denzel Washington. Over anyway. like, okay, what do you like? Grant, do you have an actor that you particularly like? I like Brad Pitt. Really? Really? What? Like in what roles? I like his uh, like his older movies from like the '90s. Uh, Legends of the Fall is a good one. Uh, a River Runs Through It is also a good one. Like very similar genres, but uh, those are two of my favorite movies. Um, every, I mean, I've heard. I still have not seen it, but I've heard The Curious Case of Benjamin Button is an excellent movie. That's uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's in a lot of good stuff. Okay, I don't know. I, I think I'm partially like Tom Cruise. Or Zac Efron, so, you know. But I wouldn't say Zac Efron's a go, but, like, Tom Cruise is up there, yeah? The Last Samurai is one of the best movies of all time, so. That's I Tom Cruise? Yep. Yeah. I don't even know what Tom Cruise is actually in, other than Live, Die, Repeat, I guess. I Mission could literally Impossible. just go on a rant of why movies are good and what movies people need to watch. But we don't have time for that, so. Okay, what about, like, favorites? Or Actually, before I get to that, um... Is there a particular game console everybody's like? I know we're just going to com- keep comparing, but is there a particular like game console people are into? Xbox, bro. It's always been Xbox. Which Xbox, though? Honestly, bro, <laughs> the OG Xbox no. has some no. great memories with that thing. <laughs> great memories with the original Xbox. But would you objectively say it's the best of all time? No, it's not. I- I'll just say it's my That's favorite. what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, like, well, then it's like pick C- the brand new one. That's the best one. But like, I would, I would say it'd have to be either Nintendo 64 or PlayStation 2. Today's the anniversary of the PlayStation 2, the greatest selling console of all time with 155 million units sold mm. over its lifetime and only stopped production in 2016. Powerful. I would say PlayStation 2 as well. Uh, they had so many good hits. You yeah. got San Andreas. Am I allowed to say Grand Theft Auto? On yeah, the podcast? sure. Why not? <laughs> they got Grand Theft Auto. Um, they got Downhill Domination. Um, MTV versus, or oh my gosh, is that that Mortal Kombat one? A- a- what is it? ATV versus MX Fury? Oh, where you yeah. have oh the MTV versus the dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. go for those before your classics, before your Jack Kingdom and Hearts two. Oh, Spiral. Well, Spiral. those are the ones everybody knows about. Those are obvious ones. I'm getting like the the ones that maybe didn't get as much love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Digimon. So can, like, go get those. You know. Okay. Okay, and I, I alluded to it, and even Noah. Okay, there, maybe there's, like, a difference between the go, and maybe we have biases, but, like, determining favorites. How do you determine, like, your favorite, then? It, do we get that construed, like, what the favorite is versus, like, the greatest of all time? I think one definitely influences the other. Well, like, like something if you to- have a favorite, and there's an argument for them to be the greatest, you're automatically going to go with that. I don't know, like, for it to be a favorite means you have to have, like, been engaged with whatever the thing is. Like, I've played an Xbox, the 360, and the One, and, you know, I've I've been in with all of them, but, I don't know, like, the original one might be my favorite. I don't know. Does does anybody think that your parents have a favorite child, and do you think it's you? Yes. (laughs) If Karina's listening to this, please confirm if Clarence's favorite child. All day. Actually, if Caleb is listening to this, Caleb, confirm if you or Clarence's favorite child. <laughs> That'd be awkward, right? Not Noah, really. do you think you're the favorite? I don't know. My brother and my sister might think that I am. They said I got spoiled pretty bad, but I don't you know. Did. My parents were <laughs> my parents were kind of old when they had me, so I think by the time I came around, they they had, had a very different approach to parenting <laughs> than with them. 
Grant, I feel like if you say that your parents did truly love y'all equally, I I would believe you. I think you I think you're somebody. Or do you not feel that way? I do feel that way, but it's you don't because have to, you don't have to sugarcoat it. <laughs> no, here's, here's Call literally out. why. A hundred percent. I was a terrible child. I got in trouble all the time, but my sister was an angel child. My sister, uh, I mean, she was she was not a bad teenager by any means, but like I stayed completely out of trouble in high school. My sister did not as much. But so. you, but you felt you got the same amount of love. Yes, yes, and it's just really funny because me and my sister are very like different in the way that we approach things and think about things. So we're very different people, but yes, equally loved. I would say. I forget that you have a sister all the time, dude. That's not my problem. You've literally stayed at our house before. I. <laughs> once <laughs> oh man um favorite uh favorite food off the top of your head steven special Hibachi. hamburger helper that was a lot of stuff a lot of opinions but- i said hamburger helper <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> it's still it's, it's still <laughs> I'm, i didn't know you're so passionate about this like you really got it in there how does hamburger helper hold up after all these years a dollar i don't know what it is. it's like probably like a dollar 60 something now for that much goodness in a box <laughs> all you do is brown that meat pour a little bit of milk in there mix it together you got a meal for like two or three days um it tastes amazing um i don't know man and like just hamburger helper as a company I, I i don't think they're their own company i think they roll up to somebody but like their marketing they put out a whole mixtape bro <laughs> how that. are you like an instant food and put out a mixtape i just don't see any other and nobody else is doing that nobody they innovate um the ground beef game you know what i'm saying oh they so help the mess, hamburger i do mess with tuna helper what Y'all know I love David edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, a Steven special. You didn't just say like the like food itself. You said like the actual where you ordered and everything. Steven special. On God, if I could have a Steven special every single day for lunch, I could do What's that for the rest Steven of my life. What's a Steven special, Noah? It's, it's that Mexican rice, chicken, and steak, if you're that kind of way, which I am, and then uh, queso. That's it. Get that in a Mr. Pib. Not Dr. Pepper, like Mr. Pibb is the preferred option at that point. What in the world? Because that's what they do at La Fiesta. It was always Mr. Pibb. So those things. You don't want Dr. Shasta, Noah? (laughs) If I, uh, no. Dr. Thunder? Dr. Thunder. (laughs) Okay, wait. Actually, no, because I still definitely prefer the La Huerta, Steven, over the La Fiesta. Please endorse it. it's, it's, It's always been a quality over quantity, and I like quantity. The double Steven at Lafayette La was always more. So did he say quality over quantity, but then use the Lafayette quantity <laughs> argument? I, I like more quantity. Like that. That no, was always kind of it, argument. No, but you said quality over quantity. I mean, yeah. Like I guess I I, I didn't mean to say it that way. I, uh, versus <laughs> would be the better word. You know, like you could argue quality and maybe, but I meant to say versus. Okay, interesting theory there, Grant. What was your answer? Hibachi. What? Really? Over burgers? I Burgers are like, yeah, I can eat one like anytime, anywhere. But like hibachi is like, if I just really want something and I just need to like feel like I need a meal to like pick me up for the day, like hibachi is the way to go. Like I, I like love. 
steak fried rice. Do you like eat hibachi casually? Can you? I, I always thought it was like super fancy. I didn't know you could just no. like get it on the fly. You can get it on the fly. I've gotten it uh, like several, like since the pandemic started. Like we've like I've gotten it to go several times. Like you can just get steak steak fried rice or chicken fried rice. It it is a pretty great to go meal, but it does make it you is, feel and it's there's thick. always like many like you you've typically got enough for like two or three meals out of it, just depending where you go. Wait, how do you know? How do you know if it's hibachi or not? I mean, uh, there's like like it, it's you make fried rice hibachi the same way you do normal. All I know so is like, like Japanese. You sure you're not getting ripped off, guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Japanese uh, fried rice has, in my experience, been better than Chinese fried rice, in my opinion. Okay, I agree with that. And and Japanese is the one that makes hibachi. If am I am I incorrect? Does anybody know? I think hibachi is like it's traditionally it's like, like you cook it there, like in front of you, like you get the meat. I've been and to cook all, it. I've been to these different hibachis. I think they all taste the same. I've never walked away from a hibachi grill and be like, yo, this fried rice slaps harder than any other. No, no, I think they all taste subpar. If like ah, this is this does technically qualify as fried rice, but I've never walked away and be like, yo, this fried rice is like banging. I'll tell you, I will be impressed the day I go to a hibachi and hear a new joke. Okay, because they always say butterfly and they throw the butter and then they, I'm gonna stop at the accents right there. Yes, uh, and then they do egg roll. <laughs> Before I get in trouble, bro. Jerry's gonna get us canceled. Uh, cancel culture. And then they do that the egg roll and they roll the egg and then they say Japanese volcano and they stack the onions up and pour the oil up in there. Don't forget, but it's the guy that pees. Don't like they have the little toy that pees on it. Don't I like that for, one. But it's oh, like yeah. water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah. forget the choo-choo train. <laughs> the day I hear a new joke, oh, they get all my money. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, people think of hibachi as like an event, like they cook it in front of you, but it's just a means of cooking it, the way they cook it. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't haven't done enough research on this subject. They don't even be seasoning it like that either, and that's my other point. Okay. Um, you know what? I... Grant, you really brought it over burgers. I can't believe that. Well, I guess it's like the way we eat burgers, though, is one other thing. Like, cause you eat it plain, you don't yeah. get anything except meat and cheese. But that's like everything. Sometimes I'm feeling saucy. I'll get some. I'll get like a baconator at Wendy's. I'll get bacon oh, on it, or maybe a couple different sauces. But yeah, pretty much typically I just stick to cheese. Or sorry, not baconator. So, a uh, what that baconator what is what Wendy's has, right? Yeah, baconator is Wendy's. Okay, okay. I was thinking that was Burger King. I'm good. What's up? So where me and Grant differ on the burgers, he loves flat top burgers, okay? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's the same as hibachi. You just getting a hibachi burger. Whoa! Wow. You're on to something, bro. That's why you like that's why you like <laughs> flat top burgers cuz you think they're hibachi. <laughs> Dang. That's, you exposed that, his that food. That was that was transcendent. They're not hibachi burgers, Grant. <laughs> that uh, was transcendent. No, I like I like uh flat top burgers <laughs> said, because um no, I just Fire got distracted because I got a notification that my storage is almost full. So hopefully we uh, finish this episode here. <laughs> anyway, uh, it should be fine. Anyway, I like uh, flat top burgers because it retains the juices and the flavor a lot better. Flat top, you just lose everything and it's super dry. So and the it moist, tastes a little burnt to me. The moist. So that's just my opinion. Thrilled. Okay, so um, and Darian, you talked about your favorite burger was like the one in Kansas City, and we can't, I can't even recall like why it was so good. It was good. But other in Kansas City is where you said the best barbecue comes from. Ooh, it's true. So my thing is, like, how do you, how, how, how do you decide, like, which one's – like, here's the thing. The review – like, 
where where do we say maybe like reviews come into all of this in play? Because like movie reviews, like say for example, like we I think that's like the biggest contest. But like we definitely take food reviews in a lot more like weight. Is that right? Would I be wrong in that? You're wrong. How so? I don't read reviews. <laughs> do you read? <laughs> nah. Who cares what they say? It's your taste that matters. Yep. Yep. I guess that's fair enough. I guess that's fair enough. So Claren- you care that was a good argument, Clarence. I'll give that to you. Thank you. I'm so, very good at debating. <laughs> I know Clarence heard Profit. Clarence heard debate, and he was like, I, I can't do any of this. Clarence, Clarence took a nap during all of this. I don't know. He, just, like- he just won that one pretty quick. <laughs> well, all you're talking about burgers and barbecue and burgers. Uh, you were at the barbecue with us. Yeah, but I didn't think it was amazing. I'm not a barbecue or burger guy. What's your okay? Yeah. Put some input. What's your favorite? What's the best? Is, oh, your favorite is Panda. I love Panda. Gross. Overrated. Actually, not even good. Uh, actually, amazing. <laughs> you. Have, I would say Panda Express is an average hibachi place. Thank you. Thank it's you. not hibachi though. It's not hibachi. They use. They have walks. <laughs> they actually have walks. I I like Panda Express, but it's definitely not the greatest. No, if you ask them, hey, can you get that hibachi? They'll do it for you. I've done it before. I'll have you. All right. I want to see this next time. Well, literally, I, as do I. Yeah, literally this weekend, Clarence. I, I don't know if that. Because Clarence is, uh, if his food comes out wrong, he would never say anything type of guy. So I can't imagine him asking them to do something for him. <laughs> <laughs> Clarence has, Clarence used to go to restaurants, and instead of saying don't put stuff in it, he would be like, um, can you not put sour cream? Uh, I'm allergic. And if they put sour cream, he would just like eat it instead of like going for it. <laughs> so obviously, he was, there was no problem. They called my bluff. Okay, what's... So, so would you say that barbecue then that Darian loved is that overhyped? Was that? Did we go to KC Joe's? KC. I'll be honest, I don't remember KC. Like Shut Darian, up. do you remember which which <laughs> barbecue place we went to? Kansas City. I Joe's. think I I think Alec is talking about when we just went and it was called Q39 Uh-oh. and he was talking to Clarence, right? Oh, Q39. Oh snap! That place slap, boy. Yo, I had this. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I got, but it was so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? Yeah, if we're talking best in the business, Q39, Casey, sponsor Clarence right now. <laughs> and so, would we say Noah's place that he gave us was that overhyped or was it still just as good? I love Joe's Kansas, Kansas City, City barbecue. Joe's. That is the best barbecue I've ever had. Same. Eh, overhyped. I'll say it, overhyped. What, what's something else? You don't what's even something? remember it, Clarence. Overhyped. What's the thing that we would all agree sucks. is overhyped? Actually, Darian. In and out. In and out by far. In and out's amazing. That's definitely overhyped. Bass Pro Shops overrated. I'll say it. Why are you going after Grant? Darian's the one that said Clarence. You literally wear that hat all the time. <laughs> oh, got him. It's a beanie. No, you literally have a Bass Pro hat that I got you that you wear all the time now. No, I burnt it, Brett. Oh, okay. Look, Clarence is just I'm a very simple back, so. boy <laughs> that's very easy to impress. Yes, it doesn't take much. He's <laughs> a simple man, okay? He likes his Panda Express and his McDonald's. Anything that requires a, um, what's the word, a refined palate, <laughs> uh, Clarence can't comprehend. His taste buds don't even register. <laughs> I, like gets intimidated. I like sushi. If it has more than like six menu items, he's just like, oh, God. Yeah, that's a lot to look if at. If it costs more than $14, his taste buds don't even register. <laughs> it just goes on his uh, I think I'm going to just go to McDonald's after this. 
Oh, I probably will. I forgot to get food tonight. Darian always tells me, Darian, Darian, do you think Kane is overhyped or I just overhype it? I think it's it's in general normal hyped. You overhyped it when you first moved here. <laughs> oh, you, sure. oh wait, but you think you also didn't think much of Tacos for Life. I still yeah, don't think much good. of Tacos for Life. I don't life. care how many how much rice they give to African kids. It, it doesn't make the taco <laughs> taste better. <laughs> in a way, it does though. The Jesus makes it better. It's pre-blessed tacos. That's like trying to say communion bread tastes better than Olive Garden because of what they're doing with it. I don't know, bro. Are we talking overhyped? I'll say Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is overhyped. I'll say it. It doesn't matter a taco's purpose. It matters what it tastes like. The one point Grant and Clarence agree on, Chick-fil-A is overhyped. And good thing y'all are already taken and accounted for because women just like you know, clocked out on that one. Chick Fil A overhyped. Y'all so chalky, bro, but no women, bro. Chick-fil-A. I just no. I clocked out. Miss, miss me with that, bro. I couldn't you say that was Chick Fil A. No, Noah. You yes, love Chick Fil A. I Noah. love Chick Fil A. Say it's overpriced. Noah will no. be in a brand no, new sir. city and like have all these different options. Be like, hey, bro, you trying to go to Chick Fil A? No, bro. No, <laughs> no. Dude, well, you want to know why? Because it's consistent. It's consistent, bro. Every time it's there for you, yes. it loves you, so it cares it, about hey, you, hey, and so then it's going like to give you some good service. Hey, but so is, so is the McDonald's McChicken. Get, That's oh the most consistent God, thing no. in our life. No, and why? And that is that over? Is, is that underrated? Would we say that? I think it's underrated. I think it is perfectly rated. No, I think I think it needs more respect on it, especially yeah. with the spicy. Have you tried the new? Yeah, I don't chicken like I don't like people that disrespect McDonald's for no reason. Yeah, it's, like we're not we're not that far ahead in life where we're just gonna go dog on McDonald's <laughs> for no reason at all. Like they ain't the most popular fast food chain in the world. Like Travis Scott didn't and, do something with them. Yeah, they be talking about McDonald's like like they said some racist on TV. Not, like they all they did is exist. <laughs> it's like um if even if you make six figures, even seven, I don't think you can dog on McDonald's. I think when you hit the eight digit figure salary is when you can start making fun of McDonald's because you can just own them at that point. That's so crazy. Okay, so those are all the hype things, and y'all don't really care. Wow, I can't believe it. That Clarence, I didn't know you think Chick Fil A was overhyped. Well, I've been saying that for years. I thought we were okay. friends, bro. Like, I like I don't even know what to do with myself anymore. I knew Grant was like that. Clarence didn't know. Like that? <laughs> I knew Grant like was a that. heathen and going yeah. to hell. I didn't know Noah was. <laughs> Define like that. No. <laughs> there's a t- there's a TikTok audio. It's from hey. Oh wait, why did you bring up Ben Ten the other day? Was that like a reference to something? It said who would win in a fight between Alien X and Goku. Oh, Alien X is OP. I, I don't. Hey, he couldn't whoop Goku though. <laughs> Can he beat Goku? Um, that was a good. I don't know. I was- but uh, there's an episode where Kevin Eleven, because you know he's a rival to Ben Ten, Kevin, um, in their adult series, says, "Gwen, you gotta treat you gotta treat a car like you treat a woman," <laughs> and she goes, "Okay, how?" And he goes, "No, I feel I've made a mistake, <laughs> bro. I saw <laughs> that. I died. Oh my god, I remember seeing that the other day." <laughs> His face so does not change whatsoever the entire time. It kills me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what Noah just did. He went, no. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so. I, hey, I think did you fun. know that Noah misspelled his name on Skype? 
I see it every week with just S-H-O-C. a C. H O C. I don't know how that time. happened. I'm gonna be honest, and I don't know how to <laughs> fix it. <laughs> Behind the scenes, and Darian isn't um, capitalized. Yep, it's just words. But Darian doesn't capitalize in his texts either. No. Interesting. That's true. So what we'll do now? I think that was fun. I think we had a lot of good debate. I think we had a lot of good discussion. A lot of food. So if you're listening to this, like, and you and you're hungry, I'm so sorry. Um, definitely go get yourself food. Um, we get you some McDonald's. Poor Clarence. Get you starving. get you McDonald's. I'm literally we starving. <laughs> if we could ever get a McChicken um, sponsorship, we will take it. But I think now would be a good time, and you know, right after this, we're gonna move on to our topic of the day. This is the topic of the day. So today's topic, I wanted to bring up something that uh, I've talked to a lot of people over the last few weeks and more. I think I'll kind of be asking questions and kind of hearing your thoughts on it as opposed to like one big debate. If anything, I'll just be bringing the questions and you kind of respond. But mega churches, uh, the five of us, like we go to mega church and so we're not unaccustomed to the culture. We're not unaccustomed to it. Um, and we're used to it and we like it. I don't think any of the five of us would say we're against it, but there is a large sect of people in the church and, and outside the church that look at mega churches as something scary, as something bad. And, you know, the idea of a diluted gospel or even churches that don't exist for good, but they exist for money. I think that's a big part. I want to get into all those topics. Um, and so for this particular episode, I want to take the point of maybe drawing these questions to you and maybe getting feedback from there so first thing i would want to bring up is like you know we all attend one but i think we've also all gone to different ones let's kind of look at the differences like noah when you lived in hot springs for a while you you've gone to a lot of smaller churches uh what do you do you see any difference structurally to a mega church versus a church maybe like the one you had in uh, hot springs um structurally definitely there's a lot of differences um i mean at the end of the day like Stephen Furtick is not going to know like everybody that goes to his church. And that's obviously a big example, but you know, even smaller, like once you kind of have like a thousand, 500 people, I don't know how you know everybody in the building, but uh, that's kind of where we, you know, the point we were getting to in hot Springs, it was about 500 people were starting to go. Um, and it just, the dynamic starts to change and I don't think it's all bad. It's just kind of, I don't know how much can that body and the people that are running it handle, you know, people-wise to properly help equip them, you know? There's definitely differences, um, and there's a lot that you can go into with that, a whole lot. Darian, you, you did a church plan, and that's why you lived in Nashville, and the church plan is kind of, you know, on its feet, and that's why part of the reason you came back. Uh, how, how did it feel going from the city of mega churches here in Tulsa with life church, church on the move, victory, stuff like that to, you know, these a thousand, like multiple 5,000 like people churches to a church plant in a school. Like how, how, how did you see the difference in churches? Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like the difference between like a small business and like, um, a big enterprise company, like, you know, whenever you run a small business, you have to wear so many different hats, right? So I was doing kids ministry, youth ministry, young adults, like hosting from stage, running slides. You have to do all of these things to manage like a small group of people. Whereas like at a big church, um, 
while it's bigger and sometimes stuff slips through the cracks, you're able to be much more effective at your job because you can focus on one single thing, right? Like you can afford to have a kid's pastor that only focuses on kids. So your kid's ministry is that much more effective. Um, so, I mean, that, that's just the main difference is just resources, really. Um, in a smaller church, you have to wear so many different hats yep. to get stuff done. Um, whereas in a, you know, a bigger church, you have a little bit more luxury to be able to focus in on one thing. Noah brought up connection and kind of knowing people. I think, Grant, you were able to kind of uh, play in those lines uh, in that kind of conversation because you, you, you've you gone to multiple churches and Victory, the one you go to now being the biggest one, but you were actually able to, you know, insert yourself in with key people and really grow and get well-known. How do you feel the connection to people difference in smaller churches and big churches because everywhere you've gone you've been able to connect really well i would say yeah i you know the small churches it's a little easier i guess like to just like walk in and people like know you're new and so you like get recognized and people like you know want to get to know you a little easier that way um whereas you know if you step into a bigger church like victory or um you know name your you know, ex big church, if you walk in, it's kind of like you have to make an effort to be a part of things. But in my experience, like when I put forth that effort, like it's, it has, it has been like worth it. And, uh, organizationally, structurally, I feel like it, it, it gives people a lot more energy. Uh, like as far as staff goes, like, like Darian was talking about how, you know, you're not spread too thin. Like people have one job and they're, they're supposed to do it well. Um, so with that, like, it, it, I just feel because of the structure, the people that you want to know um, based off their position, like, you can easily do that, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Um, do we do we think that, you know, how, how important is being able to be connected to everybody? I, I, mean, I think we don't, nobody would say that you don't need to be connected, but I think a lot of people do bring that up, that, like, I don't know anyone, I don't get it. Darian? Um, so one thing that I have noticed about, uh, like smaller churches or bigger churches. And this did not happen in Nashville, but like when you have a smaller church, it's almost like more intimidating because if you go and like don't like the people that are there or don't think you mesh well, you give up, you're done. It's like, that's not my crowd, whatever. Whereas like as a bigger church, you have so many different types of people. It's, you can maybe bounce around groups or ministry. So it, it's, while it's like, harder to connect where you have to put more effort like grant was saying i think you have more wiggle room and more different types of people to connect with whereas at a smaller church if you go and don't mesh like on week one um you're likely not going to go again just because that's not like your crowd you know what i'm saying okay so uh, a connection is a big part of it i think that's something that i think is the biggest difference um well uh, I think a criticism I've heard is topics, the things that you're able to talk to in a church that maybe these bigger, deeper topics is why some churches don't get into them when they grow is because like, you know, you don't want to scare off first timers. In y'all's opinion, is that is that a big deal? Uh, do you think we need to be as concerned if first timers are intimidated by what they're hearing? I don't know. I mean, I feel like you can kind of say like, no, until you bring up one specific, like, well, what about this issue? And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, like you kind of like, you're fine with 90% of it. And then there's like 10%. I think that 10% of what we're uncomfortable with is going to change per person. But I, yes, my opinion. I mean, you can't, 
try to make everybody happy or you're going to be miserable. That That's true to life. That's true to business. That's true to ministry. It's just you can't do it. So. Because then you get into like the really deep stuff, but you think, you know, you can't cater. So is, is, is there a line? I think we end a lot of things as there's a line and a balance, but this almost seems like you could say that like there is no line. There is no balance. You might just have to dive into it. Is, is that a smart move? I, there's some things I don't think is a, and truly I don't think it's a good idea to do in that setting. Like I was talking to my wife about this and, you know, we were talking about like, you know, why, why don't we talk about like some of the deep issues that maybe come with like mental things or anxiety or depression. And, you know, my thought is, well, a lot of people that, you know, are like, they, they've had some dark stuff to go through. I think the last place that they want all those emotions or post-traumatic issues to be brought up is being surrounded by 1500 other people, you know, like those kind of conversations are way better had in a one-on-one an intimate setting or a small group setting. Because the last thing someone needs probably needs to do in a 2000 person room is go down. Oh, the worst day of my life where I was, you know, getting real, like if they were, you know, sexually assaulted or, they had, they went through a divorce or just some of the worst things. Like it's not really a fun place to deal with that then, but that doesn't mean we can't provide an opportunity to have that conversation in a better place. You know, how, how do we think churches grow? How do we think they get to this mega church size? You know, how, how, is it, is it the pastor? Clarence, what do you think? How do you, how do you think churches grow? Is it, is it our pastor? Is that good? Is it the small things that happen? How do we get here? Uh, I really think people can tell how healthy a church is and where it's moving and what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes. I mean, you can look at big pastors nowadays or celebrity pastors, as you call them. Uh, it's a lot easier nowadays on social media and see. So I think nowadays is social media. That's where everyone's seeing where everything's at and just learning about, oh, Hey, there's a church right down the street from him. I just saw this video and I liked it. Maybe we should go check it out or something, you know? Um, but yeah, just simple stuff like that, especially for now. It's just so much easier. Darren, with the church plan, how did you see growth? Or what was effective? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just being genuine. People gravitate towards genuineness. Um I think when people like start to see a movement, they want to be a part of it. Um, and that's not just church. That's literally everything. If you see like a movement happening, you want to be a part of that. So if, if a, a pastor is getting a bunch of clout and they feel like he's the anointed one, people want to be on board with that. They want to be a part of that part of history where it got to say, I got to roll with this dude or whatever. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if people see a genuine person doing God's will, um, a lot of us aren't. Uh, you want to be a part of it because it, it makes you feel good or you genuinely want to going to be there for the growth. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons, but. Do we think that the pastor has that much sway? Um, yeah, sometimes. Okay, Grant. I was just going to say, like, you know, to even go off of that, like, that poses a question. Like, at what point do we want to say, okay, this church is getting too big. We now need to make sure that we are not like promoting our church or allowing it to grow. Like, I don't think any of these churches started out saying, all right, you know, in five years, we're going to have, like, we want to be a mega church. Like, maybe some people have grand visions like that, but at the end of the day, 
a lot of them started very small and just continued to grow. And like, I don't think we should ever like quell that. I don't think that there should ever be a desire to stop people from coming into the doors of the church ever. Can't, couldn't we redirect them to another church? You could, but like, why? If it's a true word of God, does it, does it matter where they're going to get it? I think that's a, I mean, isn't that up to the person? It is up to the person, and if they have chosen to come to your doors, if you try to redirect them somewhere else, that's like if somebody comes up to me and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something I'm struggling with, and I said, oh, hey, go talk to this guy. They might never, n- might not ever talk to that person and might not ever come back or want to, like, reveal that to anybody. Noah? I mean, that's, that definitely doesn't work in business. Like, as a, I mean, I work with cars, so the last thing I'm ever going to do to someone that says, hey, I want to come sell you my car, oh, that's awesome, Go talk to my competitor really quick. And I know that's not a fa- like a complete uh, comparison because obviously I'm not competing with somebody down the street. But yeah, and, and I think that's something that is is a criticism is that like churches are run like big businesses. Is that okay? I think we've heard it before. I've even said it like these big churches need to be run like business or they're gonna fail. But when, are we starting to get to a point where churches are too business like? I don't know. I mean professionalism. Being efficient, being a good steward of what you're doing, having a spirit of excellence, I don't see where that's any issue in the Bible, but I can definitely see the issue where, I mean, in Revelations, God talks to the church of Ephesus saying, hey, you guys are really awesome at calling out false teachers, living by the word, you've done everything, but you've lost your first love, which is me, and if you don't get that back, I'm going to snuff your light out. Uh, Big paraphrase. But that's not my job to snuff someone else's light out. That's not my job to start calling someone out like that. That's and it's kind of between them and God at the end of the day. Like, can I have my opinion? Sure. But I mean, who am I to say like you know, someone being passionate about good logistical systems is not an effective way to worship God or have people come to their church because they want it to be good. I don't see why that's bad. Okay, Clarence brought something up, and it was this idea of celebrity pastors. I, I think kind of, I think that's more why megachurches get flack is like we've been building these personalities, these characters of people that get on these stages, and their downfalls are highlighted to communities in the world. Um, and a lot of people, and some people feel that's kind of where this megachurch movement start and putting it on the map is that these big pastors are like going out there and it. it, it I, and there's, admittedly, you could say some are making it themselves, and you would say some aren't. Uh, the page Preachers and Sneakers is like, when it blew up, nobody was really sure, is this an account mocking them? Is this an account, you know, just saying, hey, look at their shoes? And when you and is was it a commentary on the glamour uh, of pastors these days? And so it really started developing questions. I really like the page and kind of what they've done. Though, interestingly enough, when they started selling their merch, people were like, did you just become what you were trying to talk about? And it's kind of where the path goes. Uh, I think the number one thing that people say about them is they're in it for the money. Um, And, you know, there could be some there aren't. But Noah brings up the point is, you know, if they're doing something good, who are we to uh, talk about that? The idea of a celebrity pastor, is that a thing? Is that just a dumb phrase that maybe mainstream media has like said? Or is that a thing? Is celebrity pastor a thing? I think it depends on your definition of a celebrity. I mean, is a celebrity just a Hollywood actor or is it somebody who's just famous? Like, what is a celebrity? I mean, but I think plainly we could say like 
some pastors are more well known than others, so the term celebrity can be applied to them in that instance. I think that's fair. Um, do we do we as a church have a problem elevating people to these statuses, or are these rightfully you know earned and rightfully blessed? I guess is a word. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that with success at the end of the day. Like, like it or not, agree with them or not, they're obviously successful. How much does it become about God and how much it becomes about them? Well, I don't know. Are they anointed to speak the word of God? Are we allowed to say that? Are we allowed to determine that? No, but like, if it is, I mean, if they have it, they have it. If they don't, they don't. I mean, if I, if I can't give that title to them, I certainly can't take it away. Like, Clarence, you're somebody that comes to mind whenever I think of somebody that, like, really had a lot of faith growth and, like, learning from, like, these leaders, like a Carl Lentz, like a Rich Wilkerson, something like that. Like, what draws you to these character to these guys? <clears throat> um, well, for me, uh, man, so to me, they're just pastors. Uh, in other people's eyes, they're celebrity pastors. Oh my God. But to me, they're pastors. And so when I hear it, listen to them or whatever, I'm listening to them in the way of their teachings. I look at it a little differently now because I am a leader and I am headed in that direction. Uh, you would say, but like, I'm listening to how they're communicating. I'm listening to how, um, they're using the word, how they're using the Bible. And like, I'll go look up the scripture also to make sure, you know, like, okay, this is biblically sound, you know, and not just something that just said, this sounds good. That one good one liner, you know? Um, so really it comes down to like how well your relationship is God. So if you're listening to someone literally speaking heresy or whatever, then that's on you. But like, that's your relationship. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're putting into your body. But, like, one thing you were really excited for was, like, VU Conference. What made that s- such a big deal? Uh, well, I haven't been to a church conference in years, so it was just really cool to go to the one. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, was it cool to go to Miami and listen to all these big pastors that I've only heard on podcasts before and actually get to, like, be there in person with them? Yeah, that was awesome. And worship was amazing. It was just, I mean, we've all been to a church conference before, just being in the presence of the Lord, and you can just feel it. Um, now do some people just go for the hype? Yeah. But like me and my crew, like we went for VU crew, shout out to my peeps. Um, we went to like, get to that next level. Like even during conference, like afterwards we would talk like for hours all night, just to be like, man, now we got so many plans. Like let's do this and this and for, for the future. And honestly, it was so helpful for me. And that's where I am right now because of VU conference and all the speakers that were there. Okay. So for you, honestly, like flag or not like it really did help you and it got you some point i think one issue where it comes up is is the is like the struggles of some of these guys coming to light i don't want to call them failures um some people would but i I feel like that hurts so much you know we call it as it is like some of them have sinned and messed up but you know whenever scandals or anything comes out of that is 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 that their fault is it like the church's fault did they get too big um, because it, it there's almost seems like a trend with like these big guys at some point, like something's gonna happen or something goes wrong. Do they just like bite off more than they can chew? Is it that they be that they kind of idle themselves? Being at a smaller church and going to one, uh, I can't speak for everything, but being more into that, I guess that kind of a culture, I can say that you don't have to be a mega church pastor to have a very 
unfortunate and disruptive moral failure. You do not have to do that. You can be a small group leader at a small church. You can be a youth pastor of five kids, have a very bad moral failure, and that's not any different. Like I don't think I just think the stuff that we see on TV or Twitter happens because they they do have a bigger spotlight on them. Like, do they need to be conscious of that? I think anyone needs to be conscious of it, whether you're, you know, on like, whether you're on every single social media platform and you have services on Netflix, or like I said, if you're just the dude that volunteers, like, I don't think it matters either way. At the end of the day, your relationship with God is being viewed by somebody. And even if that's just one person, that still matters to God. You know, it still should matter to the person. Um, I don't think being big has that much of a different, like, you know, a deal with it. What I do know, if it's personally me, is that kind of stress is something that if you're not, you shouldn't be mad or jealous of somebody that's in that position until you've thought of what it's like to be in that position. Because I've never been a pastor of, you know, so many thousands of people in charge of the jobs of that many people. I don't know what that stress is like. So why should I judge someone like that? That's not fair. It's if anything, it's just highlighted. Like that—that's the only difference. Is like they have a bigger crowd, so there's more people to see it, and it's just a bigger chance for them to be seen by the public. But it happens all the time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it happens a lot more than what is put on the news, which I—it's not good. But it's going to be a little bit different when your church is thousands and thousands of people and you have ten books out. It's going to be a little bit of a different fallout. I think I think where we got to is I, I would bring up a lot of points and I think it's I think we can get to a point that uh, I keep saying that it's that not that megachurch has a problem it's that it's they're just in a different spotlight where things like this are highlighted or things like this are seen um, and it's just a bad look on that but it's it's that people don't realize it's they're taking that opportunity to attack them when really it can happen on any scale. It can happen to anyone. It's just these are highlighted. And honestly, yeah, I think I'd agree that it would be ignorant to think, oh, this happened because they're a mega church. Like, that's not true. Small churches have people that mess up and have big moral failures all the time, but they're not as highlighted. Uh, the last thing I want to be like, does that hurt? Actually, I, I, actually no, I, I think we're good there. Is that, you know, does, that, does this hurt the image of the church in, to yes? But I think also it's our chance to say, hey, there are a lot of churches doing really good and doing a lot of good things. So how are we going to be able to highlight those good things that they have a bigger spotlight? Let's do that then. Uh, it's, you know, it's just we're allowing the negative to take over media cycles and to take people's mind. And we don't do a good job at highlighting the good. And so maybe that's a way we need to go. Um, thanks for, you know, hearing out some of those questions. I think there's a lot more we can go into, but at the end of the day, I think it all boils down to it's a scale thing. It's something that it's a bigger place. So it's a bigger spotlight. It's so everything just seems like a bigger deal. It can happen to anyone, but these are just elevated. Um, you know, the difference is, you know, when we start a church, Momentum Church, you know, we're going to do it and we're going to make a lot of money. Right, guys? <laughs> yep. You know, yep. we have the special anointing oil. If you use our anointing oil, you get literally <laughs> whatever you want delivered to you like Amazon. Can we be a for? Is there such a thing? Is there a for-profit church? Some people would say yes already. <laughs> for-profit, for-profit church. For-profit church. All right. If you buy our books, you don't have to tithe, right? <laughs> Unless you make this. <laughs> we have tithe. Brackets. Money for the cartel. 
that's what churches do. This is all that was all a joke. We don't believe that. I'm just making bad jokes. Um, but hey, I think that was a fun conversation. I think we can try to wrap it up. In other news, uh, we are working on products. Uh, you know, merch that we said like five episodes ago. I'll get back on that. I'm sorry, guys. Life is crazy, and Alex's not the best at maintaining some of this. I will get better as we go. Life's a journey. We have a new show. Chili Chat with Clarence is coming out, so definitely listen to that as soon as you can. It will be out by the time you hear this, so if you haven't, go ahead. We might even have a second episode out. Um, I am about to work on a gaming podcast, so that's cool. Uh, more info on that in later episodes. Um, and Clarence has a YouTube for stuff like that, so go. And Casually Spiritual, I miss you. I will get back to you some point this year. I want to give a special thanks to Jordan Lynch, Kayla Fletcher, Catherine Price, Garrett Bryan, all the various housemates that we live with for allowing us out of time, and every single listener. Uh, for real, I do love it when people bring up the podcast, whenever they talk about it, when you share it. Um, it does really you know, warm our hearts that it has helped people. And you know, let us know. Not to build us, but it does help us know that, hey, this is helping and God is using it. And, you know, we want to use that opportunity to help other people. Uh, Audio produced by the lovely David Anderson. Um, I don't know why I said lovely. (laughs) You know, you know what? (laughs) And on social media, go ahead, follow us. Instagram, Casually Spiritual. Facebook, it is um, just Casually Spiritual Network. I'm trying to get that going. Uh, Twitter, this is the CSP. And just follow us there, and you can find all our socials if you go through those channels. But that's a lot from me, so I'll wrap it up. I've been your host, Alex Angapai. I have been your vice host, Darian McClendon. <laughs> Wait, who's... Uh, I'm Clarence. I'm Clarence. <laughs> I hate this guy so much. If Darian is vice host, can I be like the secretary of, of host? Like sure. secretary of the podcast? Sure. No, I'm going to be treasurer. Same thing. And I'm the assistant to the vice host, Grant. Oh, my gosh. What is happening on this episode? All right. We'll (laughs) see you next time. You click the square.